days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers cutback podcast time, and you know what? Through training camp, there's been a lot of things that have been coming out, and even before that, that we would like to kind of go over and see if these are myths or not. Can we be mythbusters and blow some of these up, or are they accurate? This is going to be fun. Alex has got his list out already. You know what? That was a good show. We've got a lot to live up to. Yeah, okay, of Mythbusters. Yeah. I get what he did there. That was that was a great connection, and it's accurate. There's a lot of things that we got to try and live up to expectation-wise, but you can help out. You can help the channel out every day by hitting that like button, hitting that subscribe button, hitting that notification bell. That way you're here for all of the surprise content, because surprise, we got something that isn't just about specifically a day of training camp, but overall, just things and narratives about the 49ers that we don't necessarily like or agree with, or who knows? Maybe, maybe we do agree. There, maybe there's a few things in here that we do agree with. Ant, what's one thing on the list that we can potentially try and myth bust about this team? Well, the the first one is something I had heard uh, earlier this week, is that after three good practices, Ombre Thomas was ready to be cornerback one. Um, this myth has been busted. In fact, the person that said this has now said Emmanuel Mosley is good. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, he said it very emphatically. He was like, he's good. Yes, we know this about Emmanuel Mosley. Um, it's it's easy to forget about somebody when they're not on the field. And now that he's out there, he's proven it. But we didn't forget. So this is a definite myth bust um, because Emmanuel Mosley is better than Omri Thomas. In fact, from what we've seen so far through training camp, Dante Johnson is better than Omri Thomas right now. Um, he's able to operate at a higher level because he understands the defense and the scheme. Um, so he's definitely doing better. Omri Thomas is very talented and he's going to develop. But this is a myth that he's ready right now. There's an interesting thing that's been going on with rookies, especially, you know, in the Niners' Twitter sphere and reporters and all that, is that people keep wanting to say that these rookies are better than different veterans because maybe a guy like Dante Johnson, who's been in the league, what, eight years or so now? Yeah. And that he's not a star, that, you know, oh, he's not that good if Ombre Thomas can't beat him out. Well, guys that have played seven, eight, nine years in the NFL are good football players. And it's really hard for a young guy to beat someone like that out. And I agree that he is not ready. I don't, definitely not ready for Mosley or Verrett. But I don't, I agree he's not ready even better than um, Dante Johnson. Dante Johnson's played in this system for several years, and Embry Thomas hasn't. It's that simple. Dante Johnson's seen a lot more football than him. That is accurate. And you two hit it. I mean, I, there's really nothing more I can say on this because you guys covered all of it. What I can say, go check out the video on Emmanuel Mosley that we did and why he could be the guy opposite of Retta Lockdown. It spelled out a lot of the things that we liked and why we didn't think Aubrey Thomas was going to come in in year one and get it done. So far, it looks to be that way. And even Deontay Johnson is making it very, very tough for Aubrey Thomas to do those things. Uh, one for me that, that I saw and was kind of laughing at and scoffing at was the fact that Alex Mack looks old and slow, guys. He looks old and slow because in a single practice, he got beat five different times in one-on-ones. And this is something that we have been harping on for a while now. Results-based interpretation of one-on-one individual sessions for linemen 
is a very scary way to try and evaluate linemen. It doesn't give you the full picture. They tend to skew towards being defensive-oriented drills and benefiting the defense more than the offense. Um, it, it's just really hard on, de on offensive linemen to evaluate them fully in those situations and scenarios because the defense has one goal in mind, and that's go downhill. They're not trying to track a, a running back. They're not trying to track down a ball, you know, a, a, a quarterback dropping back in space. None of those things. It's just going downhill straight ahead, and the lineman is trying to resist against that. That's not a perfect interpretation of what actually happens in a, simu in a game environment. It's not a great simulation idea of what the O-line is going to be doing. It's awful, especially for an offensive lineman. Horse understands this. Um, when we were offensive linemen, you have to play with the player next to you. You count on them, and a lot of times it makes it easy. You, If you watch those five times he got beat, okay, now go watch the the when they're playing 11-on-11 11 11 and the 22 guys out there, and he's flowing and making plays and making reads and being in the right spots and not giving up pressure up the middle so Jimmy Garoppolo has a pocket to throw. So if you're going to grade on one-on-ones and then not take into account – the 11 on 11, um, you're you're just doing it bad. So this is not a good take. This is definitely a myth. Uh, it's a, it's one that needs to be busted because 100% Alex Mack does not look old and slow. He looks very seasoned. He looks very good. He looks smart, and he's putting players in the right positions to be successful. I don't care if he doesn't win a single one on one as long as he doesn't let somebody through during a game because that's what's important. Um, I will go against you, Alex, on one thing. Okay. I think for tackles, one on ones is a solid. Is a at least when they're the, working on the outside rush in the pass rushing it's, aspect. I it's as there. pass rushing in the outside rush. I think it can be a good barometer. Once again, it's yeah. no end all be all, none of that. But that is one situation where it works. But especially for interior linemen, it's a silly thing to do because you're rarely one on one in pass pro as a center, especially as a center, but center or guard, and. So it's a silly thing. I mean, I get the drill. I get what they're trying to accomplish. But Alex Mack in a game is very rarely going to be like, all right, you got this guy all day. You yeah, know? it's true. No, 100%. First of all, teams don't even line up with a zero tech, which is head up on the center, a defensive lineman that often anymore. No, they rarely do. Second of all, in the Niners offense, they're often blocking the guy to their right or to their left on run plays in the zone blocking scheme they're not they're very rarely all right this guy's lined up in front of me i'm just gonna bulldoze him you know it's it's a silly thing to especially the guys put in what 13 14 really good years in the nfl we're gonna say you know what he had a couple bad one-on-ones yesterday against dj jones you don't have it no more yeah. i think that's silly especially when in team in 11 on 11 he clearly was playing well well, the defense also has a huge advantage yeah. because they know it's a pass. In a game situation, they don't know if it's a pass or a run. They're guessing. They also don't know the snap count. And this they knew, you know, when they were getting off the ball. So it is a completely different. Those are simulations. Simulations don't always translate to the field. Uh, it definitely doesn't here because he looked good in 11 on 11. So um, to me, that is a complete uh, overstatement, you know, by the person that made it. Let's let's also not forget the fact that Javon Kinlaw, right, who tore up day 10 of camp, got put on his back by Alex Mack. In practice. In yes, practice. 100%. In, in 11 on 11 situations. Yes. So if you're going to evaluate him losing some one-on-ones, you have to talk about the great, right? And the great would be one of those situations. Kinlaw's a beast. Um, one thing to add to that, for people who maybe didn't play offensive line or don't know it that well, the, my comparison here would be like taking one of those guys off the street ball tours 
because they beat everyone at one-on-one -on -one and can make ridiculous shots and do all this crazy dribbling and sticking them in an NBA game. Skip to my loop. One, yeah, it's okay. There's been one guy. One guy. Yeah. Of all those guys that's been able to I guess to you're do not it. a huge fan of the professor. <laughs> he never played and in the NBA. He does make some solid YouTube videos. Well, great videos. I, but, I like the professor. But you get what I'm saying. I it's, do get what you're saying. And you're not it's wrong. It's just a different thing. It is. It's 100% a different thing. Um, and then there's a, there's another myth that's been thrown out there. Um, this is a recent one. This is one that's been coming out recently. Um, you know, people want to be putting some slander on this man's name, and it's time to put some respect on the name of Javon Kinlaw because there are people suggesting that this man may be a bust. A bust, gentlemen. Horst, a bust. I just, I don't see it. I don't understand how you watched him play last year and saw a bust. Yeah, there's things he definitely did wrong. There's stuff he can definitely improve at. He especially gets a little high as he gets tired throughout the game. You know, um, his pass rush moves and technique could use a lot of fixing. All stuff that was known when they drafted him. I don't understand the hate for him. He made a lot more good plays than bad last year. And then he has a bad practice at training camp and he's done. Like, I don't understand it. He's still 6'6", 325 pounds with no fat on him and moves like a gazelle for how big he is. Horse, 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 horse. Nice about Javon Kidlaw, right? 6'6", six, six, three. No, you're, you're right. You're right in every regard and every aspect. And let's also not forget that the man just turned around and put together one of the best days of training camp for an interior defensive lineman in day 10. Uh, this this guy is a monster. If you got if you want to have concerns about the injury stuff with him and the knee and you know arthritic knee and whatever the surgery he had was and he's having to take maintenance days and rest out, you know what? Fine, you can be concerned about those things. But when you're concerned about those things and then he comes out and shows out the way he did, those concerns then like, you have to you have to weigh both those things evenly. You can't ignore one because it's inconvenient. Right, and focus on the one that's convenient to the narrative or the idea that you're trying to create around what this guy is and what he can do. The consensus, I think, in this room is that this guy is primed for a huge 2021 season. I think we all feel that this guy could be a yeah. monster this year and have a big season, especially if he can stay healthy. He's going to be putting all of that to work and putting it on tape and putting it on film and then continuing to improve and get better. Um, man, I, I just don't see how you can draw this conclusion after one season as a rookie with no training camp. It's real simple. You put too much stock into the missing practice. If you put stock into somebody missing practice for maintenance days or to make sure they stay healthy, then you can jump to the conclusion that someone's a bust. Um, and this happens way too much. This guy is not a bust. Last year, he played way too many snaps for a rookie. He wasn't even prepared for it because of the way the offseason was handled and everything that was going in with that. And then he gets out there and he plays well. They worked really good, you know, really well on getting his pad level low and working his techniques, which all got better. Now he comes in this year knowing what to expect. A full offseason has looked tremendous when, you know, when he's been out there. So I don't understand where this would come. The only thing I can think is that this is being drummed up to continue the narrative that they should have never gotten rid of DeForest Buckner. Um, as long as you want to continue that narrative because they know it incites emotion in 49er fans, then you're going to keep bringing up that Kinlaw could possibly be a bust. Brian Baldinger doesn't think Kinlaw's a bust. And I think Baldinger is somebody that I trust when it comes to line play. Um, and I'm on the same page as him. He, Kinlaw's going to have a good season. Just for the mere fact, if he played at the same level he played last year, but you throw in D Ford, Nick Bosa, and these guys back into the system where he's getting more one-on-ones, 100% his stats double. So that alone makes him not a bust. This is not 
you know, people throwing the Solomon Thomas bust thing too. This is not a bust like even in that regard. No. Um, and he was drafted in the mid-teens, you know, 14 overall. So this is a completely different situation. Kinlaw's not a bust. And anyone that says doesn't understand football, um, so change the channel. <laughs> it's time to flip the script. It's time to get away from it. You, you just, you're not going to like what we have to say on this topic. No. Um, and you may not necessarily like what we have to say on this topic on this next one because there was a lot of hype and a lot of talk around Aaron Banks mm -hmm. and him coming in and competing for that that starting job. And there was conversations here. We thought this guy had a really good shot at potentially winning that right guard starting spot some point during the season. Maybe not week one, but at some point. He's struggling so far. The myth is and the rumor is, is that he's not having a good camp and he's not doing as well as people thought. Guys, that's accurate. That ain't a myth. Um, yeah, I, I think that I think even I read into a little bit of what people were saying about camp, um, what people were building up about about banks. Um, from the beginning, it was it was kind of a struggle for me to get there. I was trying to get there, but I kept hoping that he was going to develop and be able to beat Brunskill. I think for the mere fact that I wanted a a possibility of having even a more talented player than Brunskill. Um, but Brunskill is is definitely looking good and Banks struggled with the lateral movement. And I think we've all talked about that in videos before that we thought that was going to be the one place that he could be weak was in lateral movement. Uh, and he is weak in that, that area. He needs to improve. Um, but I will, I, I guess I'll really enjoy seeing him in preseason and seeing, because I don't, I don't want to put this guy down because he's a rookie that's developing. It's just, we can't think that he's at the level that everyone is telling us he was right that he was already better than daniel brunskill we hear that about a lot of rookies horse addressed that earlier um is the fact that a lot of rookies are built up like that and it's not fair to the rookie it doesn't give them the opportunity to develop and to grow um this guy's going to need that growth and there are some guys in front of him he's going to have to beat out and i don't expect it to happen anytime soon but if it clicks he's got the body type and the frame to be able to handle a lot of different things and could be a real problem so once it clicks he will be a problem that's not right now yeah, uh, slow feet don't eat. That's the <laughs> that's the name of the game in football. And right now, his foot quickness is not on par with where it needs to be. Now, when we talk this way, we don't mean he's never going to be good. No, oh, that pick sucked and all that stuff. What we're saying is, at this moment, he is not ready, and he wasn't. And when we went to the practice, it was pretty clear. Uh, Mo Hurst had his way with him. A couple other guys gave him problems, and now Mo Hurst is a good, solid player. He's not Aaron Donald, you know, and he really made him look bad in, on a lot of plays. Banks definitely needs a lot of work, and it goes back, like you said, to what I said earlier. This is more on the media and the fans expecting a 21-year-old to walk in the door and be better than a 30-year-old that's been in the league for however many years. Accurate indeed. This is part of the problem, and this is part of the reason why we've always been kind of temper expectations, and this was part of the reason why, right? This guy wasn't high on our draft board of guys for the 49ers to target on the O-line because he didn't fit some of the scheme things that we thought were needed from the interior guard position for this 49ers front line and what they like to do with their zone run game. If you're trying to get more vertical, it does make sense, but he also needs to be able to do the things you need him to do in the horizontal offense that they already have established with this team and the zone run game they already have in place. It's going to take some time for him to get there. This is kind of what our thought was. We wanted to all buy into it, and I agree with you. I was Ted trying. There. We all did. I, I think the the idea, right, was that this guy is is better than Brunskill. This line goes from question marks in certain places to solidify because you have Brunskill who can play anywhere you need him to play for the most part. McKivitz is a guy who swung and played all over the place, and if you're able to hit on a guy like if Shepley's able to develop, right, 
if Jalen Moore ends up being anything, like your your line is solid. It's set. It's way better than it's ever been, especially with the addition of Alex Mack. It's just not the case right now. Right. And you know what? That's still not a bad thing because no. Brunskill is playing great. And it's still a lot of good depth, right? Because, I mean, this guy as a backup is very solid in case something happens to Brunskill. You can get him out there because by the time that happens, hopefully he's developed even farther. Um, the guy still has heavy hands. The guy still can get to second level. As a big guy, athleticism is still there. Um, there's a lot of things to like about Banks. Yes. Just when you watch him on, you know, on the field, you can tell it's not put together yet, right? Whether that's him learning scheme, him learning a different technique, whatever that is. When they get into gap scheme and stuff, he'll be more successful. But in the outside zone and also stopping quick lateral moving de defensive linemen, that's where he's going to struggle right now. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. Fair. 100% fair. And also, we don't want to forget about Tom Compton because Tom Compton has put some good days together, too. He has. And there is. they are saying that Tom Compton's not very good. I mean, I, I thought he looked okay. I, I understand he gets beat, but... And I, once again, to make it clear, I think we all think Banks is going to become a solid player. Right. Of course. Well, I once again, I trust the staff, right? Mm -hmm. I, I trust Forrester. I trust Shanahan and Lynch. They're not going to draft someone they don't think can develop. Um, it is on the player to develop, but I think Banks has that mindset, and I think he's a good dude, and he's going to work his butt off to get there. I think it was just maybe a little bit too premature on everyone's part to put this guy right up there as the starter right away. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's exciting to get somebody of that size that can do the things that he can do, and really you thinking about him changing the offense to a vertical run game, uh, it, it's enticing. Uh, but sometimes you just have to wait and let it develop, and, and maybe that is down the road, whether that is sometime during the season or next year. Um, he'll he'll definitely get a shot at right guard and, or left guard, depending on how it works out with Lake and Tomlinson. But um, right now is not that time through 10 practices. We haven't seen preseason. We haven't seen him play a game. So it's just that. If he gets out there and plays well in a preseason game, all bets are off. Correct. All bets are off, and we go from being in, in the camp right now where we've, we've even come out and said that as of right now, there's a big gap to after one really great preseason performance, that gap can close. 100%. Mm -hmm. Big time. Look, there's other things being talked about other than just the O-line and certain players. Injuries are always a topic of discussion with the 49ers. Ever since that 2020 season and all the injuries started piling up, and one name that always gets brought up is Bosa, and the new gentleman we just brought in, Sosa. Bosa and Sosa, people are saying, Nowhere near 100% because of all the maintenance days and the th and time being missed and things of that nature. Shanahan addressed that a little bit after day 10, especially when it came to Samson Ebukam and his leg and the fact that he, 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 you had talked about it and you had brought this up, the change from soreness to swelling in the leg and Kyle Shanahan talking about that they were being very specific and being very careful with Sosa because you want him not to have any sort of setbacks or things of that nature to get him ready. We saw the same thing with Kinlaw, being very careful, right, with Javon Kinlaw, people being really worried, and then Javon Kinlaw comes out and has monster days, being very careful with progressing Nick Bosa and getting him out there and getting him ready to go. It's going only be going to be a matter of time before we see Bosa out and doing team drills and looking like the Bosa of old, and all of those things will get to put to rest. As of right now, it's a myth, because everything that we're hearing and the things that we've seen, especially out of Bosa, the guy looks like he's ready. He looks quick, he looks explosive, change of directions all there. Everything looks fine. They're just not progressing him to team drills yet. After OTAs, this is this isn't this what everyone wanted? Everyone wanted this, right? We, we gotta protect these guys. We gotta keep them safe. We lost two guys on nearly back-to-back -back plays. We need to make sure we take care of these guys. 
you know what they're doing right now? Taking care of these guys. And everyone's getting upset that they're taking care of these guys. Uh, maintenance days are a real thing. They started last year. They're here to stay. Get ready. These guys aren't going to practice as much as you are expecting, and that is okay. This is a different world of football than we were used to in the past where everyone was out there every single day and they were working you know working it in and really building up their body um these guys work year round now it's it, it's a complete difference so uh this is yes it is a myth that these guys are not close 100 because i think both is closer than people think but they have a very strategic plan about when they're going to introduce him to everything we know he doesn't need to play in the preseason yeah when uh, if you've been out to a practice and seen bosa he looks pretty close to 100 percent the way he gets off the ball, doing his moves, all that stuff. Heck, we even saw him run and jump with Fred Warner. Yeah, the jump alone proved it, Horace. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that but was I think if he it. was still worried about his knee, I don't think you'd be seeing him do stuff like that. Right. Well, he was he was running free, right? He looked he looked yeah. fine. Uh, Nick Bosa, you're right. The explosion is there when he hits the sled and everything. He wouldn't be going through sled work and stuff if they didn't think this guy was close to 100% ready to come back. No, there would be no running. There would no. be no running whatsoever for Nick Bosa. Not to mention Kyle Shanahan came out today and said Bosa should be ready week one. Kyle Shanahan wouldn't say that if he didn't think it because he's going to get killed by the media if Bosa's not ready week one now. Yeah, correct. Accurate indeed. And look, Samson Ebicom was on a side field in practice number 10 working on things. If he really wasn't that close, with a with a literal rest day coming up Monday, there would have been absolutely no reason to have him trot him out on Sunday for practice. You trot him out Sunday for practice because you are seeing some progression. You want to put him through something, knowing that he's now going to have a rest day a off, yeah. leading into a Tuesday practice. It logically makes sense. It logically follows to do that because if there is some sort of setback or if he has extended soreness, now you know, okay, cool. He's resting Monday. He's resting Tuesday. We're reevaluating on Wednesday. I am still more worried about Ebucom than Bosa. Correct. Um, anytime you hear swelling and not just soreness, uh, hearing soreness, I wasn't concerned at all, right? You get tired legs and that kind of thing. That That's a real thing, especially using muscles you're not used to using. No matter how much training you're doing, when you get out there and do football drills, you do engage different muscles than you're used to. Um, so that is something different. But yeah, soreness, it's a, it makes me a little nervous. So I want to make sure that I'm clear on that because it's just something out there unfortunately i agree epicom somewhere in the middle yeah i'm uh, definitely uh, not worry yeah uh yeah but i don't think we think it's 50 50 right no. now for him to be ready for week well i'm even optimistic about it just the way Correct. that they're approaching it um i'm more optimistic but it, it is a pause yeah definitely a pause definitely something to consider right and look at and evaluate 100 uh, another thing that's going on is that the 49ers are targeting only injured players guys they only sign the injured folks that's all they do. That's all they've done under Kyle Shanahan. I like that. I've heard that one being put out there a lot. People talking about yeah. it. They want to cite the Tony Jefferson signing, right? They went after him. Richard Sherman signing, which, by the way, that all panned out for us in 2019. No one was complaining then. They only want to complain after the fact, right? Tony Jefferson, by the way, only one real injury, like significant injury in his career, and it was during that 2019 season. So, look, it's one of those things where the Niners don't target injured guys. They have gone after guys who have had injuries. Uh it panned out and worked out with Jason Verrett. Yeah, I, I think, though, that there has been situations where they've targeted guys um, that were injured in the draft, for sure, because that's where you can get more value. Because um, they, they they were very clear that they readdressed the way that they view draft picks this year and went with players that were more healthy over players that were hurt. And that's probably why we ended up with Aaron Banks and, and not other guys that we thought were you know better options in the interior offensive line. So I do think they've reevaluated it. Um, they're more calculated with it. 
But I don't think the guys they signed this year, besides Tony Jefferson, I think Jefferson they did sign um, off an injury because he was cheap, right? And you're getting a player of that talent, you have to take take a chance on somebody like that. But I thought overall, other than that, they were very strategic about who they picked up. Have they taken chances in the past? Yes. Has it blown up in their face sometimes? Yes. That happens. But this is not Trent Baalke. Um, no. He's not drafting guys that are not going to be playing for months just because he can get them in the fourth round. Um, that's not what they do. Um, but they, th- this is kind of, I think, in the middle. I'm not here to, bu- you know, completely bust the myth, um, but I'm saying that it, it's it's a little more calculated than that. It's not, it can't be black or white. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that they have a guy examine said people before they sign them. What? No they have a medical staff? I know it's nuts. It's nuts. Who would have thought it? <laughs> but they 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 go through physicals and stuff before they sign these guys. They know what the risk. They know what the deal is. Uh, on these guys it hasn't really bit them too much the only one i'd say you can really get on him for is Derek mckinnon um but the, when they signed him he wasn't hurt right he, he that's why he's a tough one to be the gauge he got right? hurt at practice I, mean, I think i think the one of the closest ones would be d ford if he's not able to meet expectations this year you give up a second round pick for a guy that had two back injuries um that would be something that you could look at and be like you know what that one kind of blew up in their face a little bit so um, but if if D comes out and plays at a high level, it'll all be worth it. In fact, in 2019, when he was on the field, it was all worth it. Accurate. Um, you have a chance to get a player of that caliber for a second-round pick, and they had some injuries. Well, he had been playing at Kansas City. You know what I mean? He had been out there. So they yeah. must have felt comfortable with it. I'm okay with them weighing you know, risk-reward and saying, you know what, the risk is worth the reward. Um, sometimes it's going to get you, and sometimes it doesn't. And when it doesn't, when you have that luck and you're able to you know, get everyone on the field, you can win a championship. When it blows up in your face, it doesn't work out and you have years like last year you know so it, it is the nfl is just the way it is it's either one way or the other you can't have it both ways um hopefully it works out but you have to take some calculated risk yeah definitely and you have to assess right if you're making mistakes at some point if they're blowing up in your face you have to reassess what you're doing and the niners did that they did that this year in this draft they've made some of those decisions and taken a different approach to the way they evaluate guys coming off of injuries and what they're looking for and what they're expecting um, and they've made changes when there have been injuries in practice to their training staff. Every time there's been issues, this front office, this coaching staff has found ways to try and address those issues and address those problems. And that's why, for me, it's a myth bust. It's a bust. It's that's busting fine. this myth for me because of those reasons. You've taken the necessary steps. Yes, sometimes people are going to get injured. It's football. It's a physical sport. People are going to get dinged up. People are going to get knocked out. It happens with every team every year, unfortunately. Part of the reason why this is so prominent right now is because of 2020. Yeah, it could be. It's heightened in people's thought processes. Definitely. Well, and if you want to go back through their championship era, you know, from the early 80s to the mid 90s, they did this too. Matt Millen, his knees were bad. Yeah, but he was a free agent that they got cheap and it's got him in the second week of the season. Um, It's kind of a different situation. But I mean, I'm just saying there's been guys the whole time. Yeah, I, there's always guys that you take risks on. You weigh those, you know, yeah. risk versus reward. I can get a first-round talent in the third round because he's been injured. Yes, you have to weigh those. But to say that they haven't, you know, I mean, that, that they haven't went after players that well, have been off injured, have. they definitely have. I think this is something that, is, that has got them. You know, I mean, it has. Um, and unfortunately, they just had bad luck because you would put Jimmy in that category, except Jimmy had stayed healthy because he wasn't playing. So you wouldn't know that he was going to get injured playing for you. Yeah. So you can't have that situation. Jarek yeah. McKinnon, you brought up earlier. I think they've had injuries post-move. Um, 
So I think it is a little skewed, but they definitely do take risks. Every team does, though. That's not just a 49ers thing. Every team does. Some, well, well, not every team. Of course. Some teams Every do. draft pick is a risk. Also, also very accurate. 100% every single time you don't know who's a bust and who's not. You're hoping. You're weighing the options, and then somebody's going to pan out and somebody's not. Dear Lord, baby G sitting in a manger, nine <laughs> pound, eight ounce tuxedo t-shirt please work i mean, I mean think about this you you talk about football you know and and mistakes on every single place somebody has to make a mistake for a play to work yep i mean that's just the way it is a defender has to make a play to uh, you know a mistake for the play to work um so it, it, it wow. just can't be perfect it's just the way it is and what's a, a human human game there's going to be mistakes there's going to be errors and there's one more one more big one that's been floating around out there and kind of like the turd floats in the toilet <laughs> <laughs> a little bit like that. And you would have brought this up in our pre-meeting when we were discussing some possible myths to bust. This is a big one. What is it? Yeah, this one has to be kiboshed. Is the fact that the 49ers brass decided to sit defensive starters so Jimmy Garoppolo could look good in a public practice and then in the 10th day of practice. Um, this one is absolute poo-poo um, because you're not going to do that. I think... I think the vet days come on the day they come because you have a day off the next day and you're getting into the preseason, right? So it's changing the way it is. But to think that they're going to do this to impress 19,000 fans is just shocking to me. Are they, Is this somehow going to help? It enhances trade value. Yes, because we all know the Colts are going to public practice to watch how Jimmy Garoppolo looks throwing one-on-ones. Absolutely not. Um, if, if Kansas City decides to sit their starters so Jimmy Garoppolo can look good, um, then, then we'll go ahead and say that that's a possibility. That would be um, an extra conspiracy theory too, right? Yeah. Extra collusion, this, Shanahan and Reed colluding to get the most value for Jimmy Garoppolo. This is a huge reach. It's I mean, just, just huge. It's extremely, it's like, extremely odd. I mean, it's just dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Horse. This is NFL football. This is. <laughs> yeah, it, you you don't sit people on purpose so that a quarterback will look better. Uh, I, I just I I don't get the uh, you know that thought process. You have to really think. I mean, tremendously outside the box for this one. I mean, I mean, is it a box at this point? No. Maybe it's like an octagon or. A... I mean, they probably also caused Jason Brett's, you know, wife to be induced that day. <laughs> that day, Jason, an extra five thousand dollars if it's today of all days, please. It, it's it has it's, to be. it's ridiculous to think this kind of stuff, and the fact that it's getting put out there is <sighs> is ridiculous. Well, and the fact that there's people who take who are taking it seriously too is is just. I get it, you know, sometimes you get so enamored with things going on that you just, it, it, you can throw things out the window in order of something that you think may be rational, but this isn't, this isn't even close to rational. No. This is, this is past crazy town bonkersville. This isn't levels of Toontown. It, and, it took a left at dumb. <laughs> dumb. As Horst said, dumb, right? Dumb. I don't really have another word. I mean. No. I think it's, I think it's a, it's a fair, it's a fair. Well, I have other words, but we're trying to keep this family it's friendly. True. So. It is. Well, Keeping trying, we are. We it are. is family. Yes, family. sir. This is a family. And, and I don't like. I, I won't call anyone themselves dumb, but that take is dumb. The yeah. idea. It's, it's, it's yeah. not well thought out. It is a complete reach, and it's it's just it's not accurate in any means. And absolutely zero coaches would do this. Absolutely zero coaches would do this. Did he put this on a wheel? You think on a wall with a dart, close his eyes and throw it and see what happens? No, I think it's actually a thought out way to try to trigger response. Um, because when you're putting out takes all the time, consistently, at some point you have to change the narrative of when your take is wrong. You have to start pushing other things that, oh, somebody else is conspiring against my take. Um, this is gonna happen. I told everyone, you wait. 
when if Jimmy Garoppolo is the starting quarterback, the, the it's going to go from Trey's better than Jimmy to Kyle wasn't willing to make the move he needed to make. Wasn't willing to pull the trigger. I'm not wrong. Kyle's wrong. Yep. That's what it's going to turn to. Um, just know it's going to happen. And when it happens, I'll be here to welcome you to give you a high five that you have now seen the light on what is going on. <laughs> welcome to the Cutback Crew. Glad that you were able to get yourself out of the doldrums of the craziness and into the saneness that is the channel, the Cutback Crew. Extremely, well, I mean, for the most part. For the most part. It's been going pretty well so far. Cutback Crew is pretty fantastic. All the new subs who have been here as well, we appreciate yes. you tuning in and checking out all the new content. We hope you're enjoying everything. Make sure you're subscribed. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button, that notification bell as well. Head on over to the 49ers Cutback Shop. Cop yourself some sweet merch and some sweet 49ers Cutback gear. You're not going to regret it. You're going to love every second of it. Guys, this is a fun episode. I like myth busting with you gents. I do too. And I want to know if the, if the, everyone watching has a myth that they would like busted or a question that maybe they see something um, that they want to know the answer to, or maybe something that they don't agree with us, you know, throw it out there. Uh, it'll be a fun conversation to have because there's plenty of platforms and plenty of content out there with people having takes. Um, maybe we have a myth that you would like to bust of ours. Go ahead and, and drop that down there. I'll be curious to, and interested to read it. Um, and, and we'll have a nice fun conversation about it. Unless you think that they pulled guys to make Jimmy Garoppolo look good. <laughs> That is the line. Don't go there. Don't cross that line hey, here. You know what? If they do, I want to know why. Like, give me a an explanation, True. a rational explanation of why. If, if and we can have a yeah. conversation because maybe we just don't understand it, horse. Maybe right. all those years of coaching are kapui. We just don't understand how real coaches think. You're right. Yeah. Po possibly. I would love to see what that rational explanation would be. Maybe that's why you didn't win. Yes, I never won. Right. Never, never yes. won a gosh darn thing. Let's let's not go to the trophy case. Let's just say that. Let's just say that that's completely inaccurate. It's the opposite of accurate. You know what isn't inaccurate? This channel, the cutback crew, the things that we've been putting out. We're going to stay on the pulse of this team. We're going to keep bringing you that great content. And until next time, 49ers fans, you stay safe. Remember the right way. It's always the 49ers way. <laughs>